Our gospel reading for this morning comes from the gospel of Matthew chapter 7. Jesus said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house. And it fell and it was a great fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. On days when the wind chill is below freezing, or, you know, when we are expecting a major winter snowstorm, or when I just have a little bit of pandemic cabin fever, I often look back on the pictures of our 2019 sabbatical and our warm and sunny adventures traveling through Portugal, Spain, Italy, and France. And as I have spent some time this week with our readings for today, which are all about buildings and sacred space and what it means to be the people of God in observance of today's One Church Celebration, our annual meeting and celebrating our mortgage payoff. I've been thinking back to some of the places that guided our way across the continent. There was the Cathedral of St. John in Santiago de Compostela in Spain, where I made my pilgrimage, a place that Christians had been visiting for a thousand years. Further south, we visited Seville and the Church of Santa Maria del Blanco, which was a converted synagogue. In Cordoba, we visited the incredible Mesquita, built on the site of an old Visigothic church. It was the site of a sprawling mosque, expanded three times to accommodate the growing number of believers, and which was later converted into a Baroque cathedral. In Granada, we visited the Alhambra Palace, of course, but we also visited a mosque built in 2003, which was the first mosque to be built in Granada, the last Muslim kingdom in Spain, in 600 years. In Toledo, we visited two of the only three remaining medieval synagogues in Spain and the cathedral there. And then we went on to see St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, home of the Vatican, St. Mark's Basilica in Venice, and Notre Dame in Paris, which was at that time completely closed off to visitors because of the fire that had struck it. And there were other smaller religious and secular sites in between, but ultimately it was these ancient legendary sacred sites and buildings that determined the itinerary for our trip. People come from all around the world to see these sites, and they come for different reasons. But these sites offer a sacred space that transcends cultures and traditions. They are places where, as they say about cathedrals, where heaven and earth meet, where God dwells most obviously among God's people, though God, of course, is with us everywhere. In her book, Sacred Power, Sacred Space, Jean Halgren Kildee says that these buildings offer us a sense of substantive sacred space. 
They are designated religious spaces like a church or a cathedral that are religiously sanctioned and centers for worship and prayer, religious study and formation and community. She says they were built and exist for a particular purpose and are sites for continual religious practice over many years. These places are deemed sacred and holy because a divine power is understood to dwell within them. Often these locations were recognized as sacred for years, even centuries, before the current cathedral or church or synagogue or mosque or temple was built upon it. There is a lot of power in this sense of place, in sacred space, the location, the land, the building, and it calls to us, it draws us, it speaks to us. They become places of inspiration and comfort where we practice our faith with others, joining pilgrims from around the world or just our neighborhood in awe, wonder, and praise. While not as old or as big as some of these other sites, our church has its own story on this piece of land, on what used to be called Puff's Corner, first as a log cabin, then as a stone church, and the building we have now built primarily in three phases in the 50s, the fellowship hall, the 70s, sanctuary and lounge, and 90s, the connector, and enhanced more recently in the built to serve campaign in 2010, which added the multi-purpose room, the sunroom hospitality area, among many other projects and improvements, including the sanctuary screens and improvements to the fellowship hall. Terry M. was instrumental in this project, and his wife, Danielle, recently shared with me the dedication program that she still had from 2011. And it was full of pictures of people building and painting and sewing and planning and signing and groundbreaking, and there were lots and lots of smiles. This was the campaign where the mortgage that we just paid off originated. A $900,000 mortgage was taken in 2010 to support this campaign, and we just paid off the remaining $430,000. And so we give thanks to all of those who were involved and built to serve and for what these spaces and improvements have made possible, allowing our church to thrive and to grow in so many different ways. A sunroom that offers beautiful space for hospitality and welcome, community building and learning, a multi-purpose room that serves as a preschool gym and a Sunday school classroom and meeting space and more, a fellowship hall that hosts communion classes and Sunday school enrichment and cooking for chosen 300 and gatherings of every kind. And we give thanks for the nearly 200 of you who contributed to paying off our mortgage as well as our anonymous matching gift donor for paying off this debt so that we can invest in the future of our mission and ministry. It was simply miraculous how everybody came together in a very short period of time at the end of last year to make this happen, to meet our goal, and even to exceed our goal. And I can't thank you enough. Like these ancient sites and buildings, our church too evolves over the years to meet the needs of each generation, and to welcome new ones. And you have enabled us to do that.
I love in our first reading for today, this prayer that Solomon prays. Um, It's a prayer that he prays as he dedicates the temple in Jerusalem, a huge complex considered to be the very dwelling place of God on earth. And it's actually a text I had never read before. And this is what he prays. Regard your servant's prayer and his plea, O Lord my God, heeding the cry and the prayer that your servant prays to you today. And here's my favorite part. That your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, the place of which you said, my name shall be there. That you may heed the prayer that your servant prays toward this place. Hear the plea of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. O hear in heaven your dwelling place. Heed and forgive. May your eyes be open night and day toward this house where you dwell. Hear the prayers of your people when they pray toward this place. Heed our prayers and forgive us. Thousands of years later, this is our prayer for our church. And what wise Solomon knew was that a religious building is not just a testament to the past, but a platform on which to reach for the future. And what Jesus knew when he cleansed the temple after his Palm Sunday entrance into Jerusalem is that a building is only as good as who it serves. And for UDLC, our building is a place where we teach two-year-olds how to sing Jesus Loves Me here on the step in front of the altar where we host AA meetings and blood drives and the flea market and cook for those who are hungry and package meals for those in need, a place where we grow in understanding and create and share beauty, where the sick are cared for and the grieving are comforted and loved ones are laid to rest. A building and a place where we can gather together and then be sent back out into the world to serve and share God's love. Today, as we celebrate all that our church is and does and means to us, We give thanks for all the ministry that has happened on this piece of land for nearly 300 years and that we get to be part of it and stewards of it for a time, of this ministry entrusted to us by God and our forebears. We give thanks for a God and a church that makes us one. As Paul writes to the Ephesians, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens but you are citizens with the saints and also members of the household of God, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. In him, the whole structure is joined together and grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together spiritually into a dwelling place for God. And after this pandemic, We will never take the ability to gather together and be the gathered people of God for granted again. This morning, we pray that Jesus will continue to be the cornerstone of all that we are and all that we do. May we hear his word and do it and therefore continue to build on rock and not sand. May we be built up in truth and compassion, justice and peace, healing and community, love and grace living out our Christian faith, which was birthed in the first century for the sake of the world in the 21st. 
And finally, after Solomon blessed the temple, he turned and he blessed the people who were gathered there for the dedication. And I invite you to hear this blessing for yourself. He says, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise, which he spoke through his servant Moses. The Lord our God be with us as he was with our ancestors. May he not leave us or abandon us, but incline our hearts to him to walk in all his ways and to keep his commandments, his statutes and his ordinances, which he commanded our ancestors. Solomon says, Let these words of mine with which I pleaded before the Lord be near to the Lord our God day and night, and may he maintain the cause of his servant and the cause of his people, as each day requires, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord is God. Therefore, devote yourselves completely to the Lord our God, walking in God's statutes and keeping God's commandments as at this day. May it be so. May we be so. Amen.